Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Your co-hosts, Jamie Albright and Sarah Rosette, couldn't be more different. In fact, they're a study in contrasts. However, despite all of their differences, they agree that sharing what they wish they'd known, both the good and the bad, is the key to moving forward. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Them podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week we have Ryan Z, an interview with him about book sweeps and plotter. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Love him a lot. He's got such good information. And um, he's he was uh, really a great interview for us. Yeah. And I think that it'll be interesting because we talked to him about how you can use uh, books, uh, book sweeps to grow your mailing list and plotter mm-hmm. for like planning a book. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't tried it yet. I think you have it though, right? I have yeah. it. I haven't tried it um, yet either. So. Yeah, but it sounds really interesting. It sounds like it could be really helpful, especially if you like mm-hmm. uh, to, I like a little information before I start writing and then I kind of like to write a little bit, but if you like to have everything mm-hmm. sketched out beforehand, I think it sounds like a really good tool. So. Right. And I think you can do both. I, th- I think it's, a, it's a versatile tool, but everyone that I've seen, because there's a Facebook group, everyone is loving it. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. about it so yeah so what's been going on with you this week uh let's see this week i have been working on my revisions for the christmas book Mm -hmm. so i've been working on that so i love revisions so Mm -hmm. happy (laughs) so i'm doing that (laughs) and um then i also a couple weeks ago we talked about the uh, podcast i listened to about kobo writing life and audiobooks and mm-hmm. so I've been uploading my audiobooks to Kobo so that they will be direct on Kobo. So I'm about to oh, get that great. done. Yeah, it's taking me a while. It's a little more, you know, just takes a while to get all the files uploaded and everything mm-hmm. switched mm-hmm. around. So I'm doing that. And then um, let's see, there were two things that I was going to mention. One is that I'm currently in the middle of listening to uh, the Creative Pen podcast with Lindsay Broker. And mm-hmm. it's all about um, series, writing series and character and, um, you know, so I just love that kind of stuff. So I think it's a really good episode and it's got a lot of good tips about, you know, how to create a series and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, love that. And then the other thing I found is I found this app that I've been using. Um, it's a Pomodoro timer. It's mm-hmm. called, I've used it. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, um, flat tomato and, <laughs> and you can set it, you know, it keeps the time for you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, you don't even have to turn it on or off. You just start it going and then it tells you, Hey, it's time for a break. And you can set it longer or shorter. Like if you like a longer Pomodoro, you can do that. Right. And, um, I don't know. It's been really cool because when I get done, I can just look at that and go, Oh, I did, you know, three Pomodoros. So therefore I know I did this many hours mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. because, uh, I, I like to know like how long it actually took me to realize those chapters. Right. So, oh yeah. That's a really great, yeah. That's a good thing to think about. I don't think it's, I don't think that way. I well, just, <laughs> I just dig in and go, Oh Lord, is this ever going <laughs> to <laughs> end? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's really pretty too. And you can, it's got all these features where like you can change the color of the different timer and you oh, can good. do different stuff. It's lots of fun. So, so you'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. I'll put that good. in there. So, and I'll good. put the link to the uh, podcast about the series 
yep. with Joanna Penn and Lindsay Broker. And then I'll put the link to my series book too, because right. if anyone's interested in that, there's a lot of ideas about marketing and different yeah. ways to write a series. That's all. Awesome. So, that's me. Yeah. What have you been doing? Not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, <laughs> You've been busy in other things. I was supposed to start my book this week, and I have started uh, some of the stuff. But as far as sitting down and writing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm looking at plotter, and I'm gonna put stuff in. But I, um, my daughter and her family are moving, and uh, she has several children, and three under the age of two. And so uh, I have to, I had to come and help her. I mean, I didn't have to, I wanted to, but um, so I did a little bit this morning and I'll do a little bit this evening after they go to bed, but really, you know, it's life. And I do this job one so I can do the things I want to in my life. And if I had a regular nine to five job, um, well, now that we're in COVID, I might be able to, but I probably wouldn't be able to. It'd be hard still, still yeah. yeah. It'd be very hard. So um, I'm fortunate and I'm very grateful. Um, the new the new book is still doing really well. I think I'm hanging out around four, 500 in the store, and I've been there for, I don't know, several, several days. So um, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And also, we've just gotten such positive feedback from our launch episode mm-hmm. um, and we have a Facebook group which I'd known them for writers it's on Facebook there are a couple of questions you have to answer Sarah and I from Houston just FYI and um, but I've, I've really enjoyed just the few people that are in there we've asked some questions they've had some really good answers mm-hmm. but also the feedback from the episode has been really good so if you have any ideas of things you'd like for us to talk about, put them in the, put them in the group and uh, we'll uh, either discuss them in the group or we'll do a podcast about it. And if we don't know about it, we'll find somebody who does. So uh, that's kind of what we do. Here's your opportunity to, you know, ask questions and request guests and we'll try and, you know, see what we can do to get people on the podcast. If you have ideas about guests, we're all ears because, I mean, we have some really great people already lined up that we've Mm -hmm. already interviewed, but we're always looking for really good guests. So uh, So, anyway, yeah, let's get on with the show because Ryan's got a lot of great things to say. All right. Sounds good. So today we're really happy to have Ryan Z with us today. So let me read a short bio and tell you a little bit about him in case you don't know. Um, After graduating from Writer's House Literary Agency at the first as their first digital intern, Ryan Z started his own book marketing agency in January 2015, which led him to develop BookSweeps.com, now one of the largest book giveaway and lead generation sites for fiction authors with an email list of approximately 100,000 readers. Over 4,000 authors have used BookSweep services, including top-selling names in romance, mystery and thriller, sci-fi and fantasy, Christian fiction, and YA. And um, I'm one of those. I've used book sweeps and we are also going to talk about plotter as well today. So we're really happy to have you. Hi, Ryan. Hey, hey, Sarah. Great to be here. Thanks so much. Oh, we're great. We're so glad to have you. So tell us how you got started working with writers, Ryan. Oh Lord. So it's, it's, a long, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a long, funny story. So, I mean, when I was in college, I didn't actually realize that you could work with authors. I thought mm-hmm. that's just like, what is that? Like a, a dream you know, mm-hmm. weird fantasy situations. Like, is this even a real thing? Um, so kind of after 
you know, after I graduated, I started doing these internships with like literary agencies and uh, publishers in Manhattan. Um, and sort of one thing led to another. And I ultimately got this job working with this pretty famous New York Times bestselling nonfiction author, like working out of her apartment, like looking at uh, over Central Park, which is kind of insane. Wow. Uh, um, that was like a movie. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it turned into a little bit. It, that's kind of close. Too, a little bit too close because it sort of turned into like a Delaware's Prada situation. Oh god. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, but so, so that was kind of a fun, you know, moment where I kind of learned that you know writers are just sort of people, and uh, you know, working with writers is awesome. But you also just have to take that into account. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, was sort of how I got started you know, working with writers generally. Um, and then from there, I started, uh, you know, as you said, I meant, as you mentioned, you know, I started my own agency, my own marketing agency after I started getting um, some referrals. Um, you know, when I was working at a, a writer's house, um, you know, I, uh, ultimately they started referring me people after that internship ended. Um, so one thing sort of led to another um, and uh, kind of things took off from there. Were you mostly working with... Um Traditional authors or indie published authors? Yeah, so so it's a good question. Yeah, so at the beginning, I was mostly working with traditional. Well, actually, I was working with traditionally published authors, and then some of those authors uh, ended up being hybrid authors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of them were romance authors at the at the beginning. Um, So from there, you know, kind of helped me transition into the indie space because they had Mm -hmm. friends who were either also hybrid or just indie, Mm -hmm. Um, and so it kind of became this nice mix. Well, it sounds like you know the industry sort of inside and out because you've got the traditional background with all of that, and now you're in the indie space as well. So tell us a little bit about, well, first, I should ask, do you have any aspirations to write a book yeah. yourself? You do? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I don't know what kind right. of book. I don't know what kind of book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure if I'd like, I mean, I'm thinking maybe nonfiction, but I'd mm-hmm. love to write some fiction at some point. I, I feel like I... Uh, I don't know if you two either feel this ever feel this way, but sometimes when I when I when I used to write fiction, you know, in college and around then, like I got into this headspace mm-hmm. where I felt, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be. It's sort of emotionally taxing at times to write that way, mm-hmm. so, you know. So it was something that I uh, I wasn't quite ready for, I think. And so it's something that as I you know moving forward, I I'm excited to try again in the future. But, yeah. Well, you know, I was fifty when I started, so it's. You know, you've got plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it is very ta- emotionally draining, I feel like, to write. Like, sometimes I'll finish my words for the day, and I'm just, right. like, physically exhausted. And all I've been doing is sitting at a keyboard thinking. And, right. you know, it can just wear you out. Yeah, it can. Well, people, well, people often say, like, if you don't feel the emotions of the characters you're writing, you're not really writing very well. And so, you know. I don't, I don't always want to feel those emotions, you know? <laughs> the worst part is when I'm riding in Starbucks and I, like, if, if my characters are having an argument, like, I, my face, like I'm having the facial expressions of the people have it. And then I look around and I realize people are watching me <laughs> because, you know, I'm just, like, shaking my head. and You're my scaring them. probably moving. Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah. I probably should stay home during those times. <laughs> So tell us about Book Sweeps and what you do for authors. Yeah, so Book Sweeps was a uh, sort of started as a side project back in 2015, 2016. Um, we were, uh, you know, I was working with some romance authors trying to figure out ways to help them leverage 
um, their audience into mm-hmm. uh, you know more readers and more fans. So we came up with this idea of you know using helping them by uh, bringing together multiple authors into a promotional giveaway, mm-hmm. um, so that you would have multiple authors in the same genre uh, promoting um, you know basically promoting a contest page uh, where readers could sign up and you know learn more about them, sign up for the newsletter and whatnot. So that idea kind of exploded back in 2016. Um, one thing led to another, and I ended up creating a full website, which became Book Sweeps. Um, and so over the last few years, we've been running those sorts of giveaways on a regular basis. So essentially, uh, we help authors grow their email list and their book club followings primarily now. So we'll bring together a group of authors in a specific genre, like small town romance or urban fantasy or mystery, you know, uh, cozy mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, Etc. And uh, each author would give away a couple copies of their book, and um, you know we provide promotional materials for them. So we provide uh, graphics, um, social media uh, templates, um, along with other materials that you know they can make it make it easy for them to help promote the giveaways. And we also promote them um, all through our email list. Um, so that way, you know, these readers are coming to these uh, giveaway pages and then they're signing up to hear more, you know, to learn more about the authors and signing up for their email lists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a good way to um, find new readers, I think. I've done a mm-hmm. couple of them and mm-hmm. I think you're right that like that 2014, 2015, that became a very popular way to grow your newsletter list. And, you know, would you say that it's still kind of on the upsweep or is it kind of tapering off? Are people as interested in that as they were at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of, I think so. It, it's sort of a multi-tiered question in the sense <laughs> that, um, you know, there are folks who, you know, have been with us since the beginning um, and they still promote with us on a regular basis. Um, and then there are some folks, I think, who they don't want to participate, not necessarily because they aren't getting results, but because they aren't, um, they just want something else to do with their readers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we so have... just for variety, then. Yeah, so for variety's sake, they want to change it up, yeah. But we yeah. still, you know, a lot of our promotions end up filled out. Um, and then we have a lot of folks who are just sort of discovering us now. So even if, you know, we've been doing this for four years, they, you know, they're just starting out, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, the, the cycle always sort of restarts with wherever the author is in their, you know, their own process. Right. So you're also involved with Plotter. So tell us what it is and um, how it can help authors. Yeah. So um, Plotter is a visual outlining software for writers. Um, It was just named one of the top four outlining softwares by Kindlepreneur, which was really exciting. Um, So essentially it's a tool that helps you as an author, you know, plot, plot out and outline your books. Uh, visually, kind of like it takes the the, the index card corkboard method mm-hmm. um, and kind of turns it into a program that you can then use to uh, do that without having to worry about your dogs eating your your workbooks or your note cards <laughs> or what have you. <laughs> right. Uh, um, so it's sort of hard. It's a little bit hard to explain without seeing it. But mm-hmm. you know, essentially, it's a tool that lets you uh, plot out your stories visually, kind of on these different timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, different plot lines um, and so you can like connect you can use it as a series bible you can use it to you know track notes about your story you can you know correct it so collect your your characters and places um, and you know track details about them so that when you're then writing your book later 
you have all this information in one central location, mm-hmm. along with you know the narrative structure itself. Um, it just makes it a lot easier for people to you know understand what's happening in their story and then write it um, more quickly. Um, and how did you how did you come? I mean, like email building, email list building to plotter. I mean, that's right. a bit of a leap. How how did yeah. you get there? Yeah. So it wasn't. So I didn't build plotter myself. I came I came to it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, as a co-founder, so the the program itself was invented by um, this, uh, my partner, whose name is uh, Cameron Sutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a YA author himself, uh, and he built it to basically, you know, help him plot out his own stories. He was having, he's a software engineer by trade, and uh, mm-hmm. he was having trouble with that process. So he built it, you know, as a tool to use himself. Um, so I, when I discovered this, you know, I think this goes back actually to the question, like, do you, are you, you know, do you want to write at some point? And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I do. And this is like be an amazing tool to help me do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was sort of where the, the link in my mind was like, this is an awesome product. Um, you know, I'd love to be involved with it. And also I'd love to use this myself. Right. Yeah. Well, sometimes it- the best things are come out of need. You know, a lot of the stuff that we now have as indie authors, it's because somebody was writing and they were like, Oh, this is, I need this, so I'll make it, or I'll have or hire somebody else to work on it. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, and it, it is part of your brand too. I mean, you're about helping <clears throat> authors, so, and this is right. certainly a tool that would help authors. So, what are, what are some of the common mistakes you see authors making? Yeah, and, um, <laughs> company excluded. <laughs> right. right, you two don't make any mistakes ever. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, you're wrong there because that's where this podcast came from. <laughs> I'm just gonna say because you work with so many different authors and you right. see so many different genres, we thought you might have an interesting perspective on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like it's specifically like relating to email marketing is where I see uh, a lot of you know is where is what I see the most of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one thing that I find really interesting that, you know, so overall I would say like, you know, um, folks now do a lot better job of, of, you know, with their marketing, especially indie authors than they were doing maybe a few years ago. But one thing I still notice a lot specifically with emailing is the tendency to not focus specifically on one call to action, meaning like one behavior or one thing that you want readers to do. So a lot of times authors will put together these really long emails that have like multiple sections with all different, like they have a Q&A and like an event section and like read this and check out that. And also here's a newsletter swap, you know. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, from a marketing perspective, typically you, typically you want to focus on just that one main thing because otherwise people get distracted. It's sort of like if you tell your kids, imagine like I have like four different chores for you to do, like now mm-hmm. go. <laughs> right like you know like, what are they going to do right they might not do any of them or they might just like mommy i'm overwhelmed you know it's like yeah. um and so i think there's a similar kind of you know thing happening a psychology at work when you email readers with like eight different things they're like well i'm not really sure where to start like what's the what's like the one thing you want me to focus on yeah um yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that because I was going to say, I thought we weren't going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think when you email maybe once a month, there's a tendency to catch everybody up on yeah. what's going on. Or sometimes I'll start out and I'll think, oh, I don't have anything to say. And then as I get going, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to tell them about this and this. And then at the end, you're right, I have like four links there. And I always think that's not good. So, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> 
I mean, so I think some people will hear this and then think, well, you know, I might, I still, you know, fine, but I, I put in my four links and I st- people still click on, you know, that fourth link. Yeah. And my response to that would be, you know, sure, but if you just had the one link in there, you'd have, you know, maybe a, a lot larger percentage of people would actually just be clicking on that, that initial mm-hmm. link rather than mm-hmm. splitting their attention among four or five different things. That's a good point. And actually, when I have something important like a release or a sale or, you know, something I really want my readers to focus on, I don't have anything else. I only do that one thing, but I probably need to be doing that one thing every time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would try to take some (laughs) reevaluation. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would kind of think about it like, you know, uh, well, I have an email to send or rather instead of sending about it, like, well, I have to send an email with like, uh, so let me think about all these different things I'm, I I can send or talk about. Mm -hmm. I would try to reverse engineer it so that you're like focusing on, well, what's my goal here? And then crafting the email to specifically, you know, try to achieve that specific goal. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think I have a tendency to think of a newsletter almost as like a, little magazine where you're sharing all these different little columns and things. And that's not really the most efficient use of it. If you really, you know, maybe it might be better to email a little more often, but have each one be more focused instead Mm -hmm. of once a month with a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it also comes back to the name, like newsletter. You make it think, it think it makes you feel like it's, you know, all about your news, right? Which, um, and also, you know, uh, like those, those, pamphlets that they would you know provide at libraries and whatnot that would mm-hmm. have you know to be divided into those you know different sections i think people still they apply the terminology to the email right yeah, and like when i worked at a i was the activities director at an apartment complex that was my first job out of college and um i had to put out a newsletter and you know it was like you know bobby jean left her garbage can out on the you know porch and you'd have <laughs> that put back you know and then you'd have you know all the, you know, the activities for the week and all that stuff. And so it was, it was a bunch of sections and stuff. And I think that's what I still think about uh, now. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good perspective. So on the other hand, do you see any commonalities in writers who've been successful over the long haul? What are people doing right? Um, I I think the main thing is that they don't give up. That's always the sort of thing that comes to mind first is that they don't, they don't give up. You know, even if you screw up your newsletter, you know, a hundred times, maybe you get it right the hundred and first time, you know, um, and you build off from there. And so, you know, you know, they keep going and I don't just, and that, that applies in a lot of different areas. Like they keep marketing, they keep writing, you know, they keep, you know, within reason, obviously you don't want to do things that just aren't working for you, but um, they don't stop trying to improve themselves. I think, um, you know, seeking out advice, you know, trying different strategies, not, you know, getting depressed, you know, if something doesn't work and then just giving up. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's a big, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Persistence is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, for, for me too, and, and anyone else out there who writes slowly, you know, I mean, that is the biggest hurdle is you're, you know, you wake up some days thinking this is never going to end. I'm never going to finish this book and everybody else is passing me. But the fact is we all get to the finish line as long as we don't stop. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. So that's very good advice. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I think like probably like like you just brought up the idea of like not focusing so much on the success of other people. I think that's mm-hmm. the hard thing to do. It is. Um, you know, like not paying attention to how other people are, are doing. But, you know, I found personally, like in my own business, that I have to sort of just, you know, put on the blinders to some extent and just not pay attention to what other people are doing and just focus mm-hmm. on on my goals, my objectives, and just tracking my own progress as, as to how I'm, you know, where I am in achieving my own goals and not caring about anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's that saying that, like, they teach runners to just focus on the finish line and not worry about other people in the other lanes because it slows them down as they're glancing around. Right. You know? So if we just totally focus on what we're doing mm-hmm. and even if we get distracted, I've gotten to where sometimes I'll just say, well, that's okay. That's what that person is doing. And I don't have to do that. Right. And it's okay. They go, they, they can do their thing and I'll just focus on my thing. That's, that's the right. best case scenario on the, on the good days. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. We won't talk about the days we're in the fetal position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rocking back and forth. That's so great. Uh, so you work with a r- wide range of authors and genres. Do you see any trends? What's hot right now? What's not hot? What was hot coming back right. being hot? Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, well, let, let me put it this way. I guess, um, I, I think something is so that we so we've seen an interesting trend at book sweeps just specifically mm-hmm. like relating to uh, over the last few months specifically like relating to you know the pandemic situation going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where you know probably around March April May let's say um, mm-hmm. there was a huge surge of you know on our end interest from the in, the, in our promotions from from readers. So we were seeing maybe 50% to 100% more participation over those first months of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we, we were, I was also hearing from, you know, people I work with and people I know that, like, Facebook ad costs and other ad costs were down um, as people were worried about, you know, you know effects, residual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think okay. lately, I'm not sure, uh, maybe it's the summer, but I do mm-hmm. notice that, you know, it's sort of the numbers have kind of returned back to where they were before the pandemic started. Mm. So I'm not sure if either of you have seen anything happening with your own books or with your your author friends, but that's something I've been noticing that the maybe it's the summer, maybe it's just the, the situation has become more normalized. Yeah, I think it's but, probably a little above. Uh, a friend of mine said today that her her sales have been just out, you know great. It, uh-huh. I can't say that. Uh, my sales have been steady. I haven't lost money uh, at all, but my sales are steady. For I mean, I'm making today what I was making before the pandemic, which is great, right. but I didn't see that big spike like some people did. Yeah. But um, Facebook costs were down. That was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I had a book release in April, and it seemed to do about like, all my other releases, you know? Um, so I don't know that I saw any huge mm-hmm. uh, difference either. So, but it's good to know that it, to me, it sounds like people were interested in finding something to read when they were yeah. stuck at home. It sounds like. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's sort of, uh, it's nice to know that people still come back to books when. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And what about trends? Did you see any trend? I mean, like, 
specific genres seeing more uh, traffic than others? Um, yeah, I mean, so Cozy Mystery was doing really well. Um, Sci-Fi was doing better than normal. Um, I mean, romance, mysteries, and thrillers, I think, are always really popular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a question about your categories. and Because you have some very, like, the way some of the promotions are broken out are very specific. Like, there'll be not just mystery, but it'll be, like, female protagonist mystery or right. whatever. So how do you, um, like, do you reevaluate every so often and say, oh, we could use a new category here? Or do you... you have people request new new promotions? How does that yeah. work? Yeah, so we, we definitely we take a lot of requests, um, and a lot of those categories are based on either historical trends um, as to what authors seem to be excited about uh, or, you know, based on feedback that we're getting from authors, like, hey, you know, it'd be great, you know, if we could do X, Y, or Z kind of promotion. Um, I also... Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Alex from uh, Kalytics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're, we're fairly close. So, uh, you know, he'll give me advice from time to time or I'll read some of his reports and uh, take a look at what's going on there. Yeah, um, I crashed Shell's dinner in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I, that, that steak was amazing. Remember that? It was awesome. <laughs> I'd already eaten one. I just sat and watched you eat yours. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, he's got great information. Just yeah. such good information. So yeah, I mean, so we're we're fans of Alex's information too at Book Sleeves. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. great that you're responsive because it seems like there are certain things that, like as a author, I think oh there would be I think there's interest here in this little tiny, what to me is a sub niche, but if you can get several other people, right. it may not be so small, you know, and it can help you know magnify your promotions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, How have you seen uh, indie publishing change, Ryan? That's a good question. Um, I think my my first thought about the, the you know my first thought there is that I think you know over the last so I've been working with indie authors and in, for about five years now. It's crazy. Seems crazy. <laughs> uh, but I think generally, like the kind of the baseline knowledge specifically relating to marketing has just like improved so drastically from where things were then to now. Like people know so much more about uh, email marketing, marketing in general. I, I think there, there are various reasons for that, you know, different Facebook groups, podcasts like this one. Um, there's just more, a lot more information out there and people are, are much more uh, kind of aware of what the possibilities are and what the opportunities are. Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that's sort of the first thing that comes to mind. Um, have you sort of noticed that yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so much good information now. And I, I feel like there's almost too much information. It's kind of hard to right. figure out sometimes where the best place is to get information and sort it out. So so do you have anything, any trends or anything that you think are kind of on the horizon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's some really... Uh, I think some things that are sort of been halted a little bit, but I'm excited to see where they go. So for example, like voice search, like the ability, for example, to like say like, Hey Alexa, you know, I want to buy Sarah's book. Can I do that? You know, like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really exciting. And uh, there's some interesting potential there. Um, Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day that 
um, as more and more, as audio becomes more popular, one of the big things that we need to think about is how to get people on our newsletter list mm-hmm. if, with an audio book. And because um, right. in a print book, you just have that link at the end, you can click mm-hmm. and right. you're there. But if you're listening in audio, it's harder to capture that person at that moment. You need like some sort of QR, like audible QR code. I like, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Like shout at your uh, shout yeah. out the shout at your phone. Hey, hey Siri, sign me up for Sarah's newsletter. Yeah, exactly. That's genius, right there. That can be your next project, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Unless someone else listening to the podcast steals it and takes it first, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it would be a lot of work, a lot of involved work that we yeah, have no it, idea about. Right, right. So, how do you think authors can set themselves up for success the best way? That's that's one of the questions we ask our authors at the end, you know, kind of at the end, like what did you do to set yourself up for success? What do you see? What do you think um, the authors that you see that are successful, what have they done to set themselves up? I think one big thing is like, it comes back to branding. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is like around, you know, how, you know, thinking about, I mean, I hate to, hate to speak, talk about it this way, but like thinking about yourself sort of as a commodity mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, are readers going to like if I write in like eight different genres? Are readers going to understand what my brand is and what I do? And, and like by the same token, am I going to be able to kind of appeal to all of those people mm-hmm. um, with the t- with the limited time and resources that I have? And so I think the authors, you know, who seem to me to be the most successful, they kind of at the outset um, or at some point along their along their process figure out like this is you know, this is what I'm going to focus on, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's a, you know, a genre or a subgenre, and then they mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, keep writing within that genre and building, you know, building branding for themselves um, specific to that. Um, because otherwise you're sort of in this, you can be in this uncomfortable position of, you know, trying to like wear, you know, 20 hats at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're people. always starting over. If you go to yeah. a new genre, you're always, starting over from scratch almost at times. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. can be really challenging. Yeah. Um, and so like all that credit that you build up, you know, within let's say, you know, romance, if you then try to write sci-fi, like nobody is going to, you know, like you said, you're just starting over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think by the same token, and you may have a different thought, but um, is people who write, just a series of like standalones. They're not even standalones in a series. They're just standalone books. I mm-hmm. think those are as, that's almost as hard as writing in different right. genres because you just, it's hard to get momentum when you're just writing right. one standalone after another, after another. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's very similar because people don't, you know, they don't necessarily know, you know, how the book books connect or, if, you know, they might not connect at all. Mm-hmm, if they're standalones um, most of them that some yeah. of the people i'm thinking about they don't connect at all yeah. um, mine are standalones in a series so they're all set you know in this town or they're all friends and that's how most romance novels are you know i mean it's all you know four best friends or four brothers or three brothers or three sisters you know that kind right. of thing so but yeah i think i think our listeners have heard this multiple times from multiple people <laughs> not just skipping around in genres pick a genre brand yourself and write to that brand and that genre um super important super important yeah and i think like even within that you know 
coming up with like an identity for your, um, you know, for your branding that's like mm-hmm. specific to you as a person, it, it, it's really helpful in terms of being, you know, memorable. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, this goes back to the mistake question, but like, I think a kind of common mistake is just sort of branding yourself in a kind of like a templated fashion after other authors within your genre, like kind of just okay. copying the, um, like specific uh, like wording. Like uh, I don't I don't mean like writing to genre or writing to market, but I mean like branding kind of in a generic fashion. Right. Like sort of like trying to capture the same tone as somebody else because right. they've because they're successful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, so like to the extent that you can like bring your own personal, you know, maybe you're like, you, I know you, you, you guys are from, y'all are from Texas. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> y'all are from Texas. So like you can bring that into, you know, you know, how you talk about your books. You could even bring like certain diction into your emails, for example. Um, so the people that remember like, Oh, those are the Texas girls. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know th- their right. books are you know what i mean so yeah um, they're all different little ways you can do that and even right. like when you're just posting on social media making sure maybe that you're using specific uh terminology that uh you want people to remember that's specific yeah. to you that's yeah. true i have um a new assistant i've just hired an assistant it's the one sarah uses and we use for the podcast which is a big deal for me because i it's not that I'm control freak. It's mostly that I don't know what the heck I need to do. So it's hard for me to tell somebody else. So she knows what to do, which is good. But she sent out a thing for my arc and it, she sent it to me, an email for my arc and she sent it to me to, you know, proofread or just look at. And it started with hello peeps and I, everything else was great. And I said, listen, I'm, I always say y'all. So could you just say <laughs> hello y'all? And it was perfect. It sounded just exactly my brand, but peeps right. wouldn't have been my brand. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you just have to know that you have to know yeah. what, what is but and it, isn't your brand. It's an interesting way to think about branding. Cause normally we think about like covers and mm-hmm. colors and kind of the, the feel, but like taking it down to even thinking about like the words we use when we write posts that can be part of it too. So that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, y'all are writers, so yeah. <laughs> we, we should be able to do it, right? <laughs> right, you should be. Yeah, we're not ours. Well, this has been yeah. great. You've had such great information to share, and yeah. I think that people will be really excited to hear about book sweeps and plotter. So, um, can you tell people where they can find out more about you and book sweeps and plotter? Yeah, so my personal website is just ryanz.com. Um, and then uh, you can learn more about book sweeps at booksweeps.com, B-O-O-K, sweeps, as in chimney sweeps, dot <laughs> <laughs> com. And then um, plotter is uh, getplotter.com. So that's plotter without an E. Mm-hmm. So G-E-T-P-L-O-T-T-R.com. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been great having you. Yeah. yeah thanks so much for having awesome. me. Thank you so much. And awesome. we'll, have, we'll have all the links to everything in the show notes, and you can find those at wishidknownforwriters.com. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.